Using Quapi and Nursing Homes, Part 1. A conversation with Patty Austin. This discussion features an animated video. To watch the video, find the link in the description of this podcast. Welcome to our series of webinars focused on bringing you information about COVID-19 related topics. The information in these weekly webinars is geared toward long-term care and skilled nursing facilities, but we encourage everyone who is interested to attend. Today, we are kicking off a three-part series on using QAPI or QAPI in nursing homes. For the next three weeks, we'll be covering the three components of the QAPI process, brainstorming, root cause analysis, and PDSA or Plan, Do, Study, Act. Today, we will be talking about brainstorming. Everyone will be on mute, but we encourage you to drop your questions in the chat or the Q&A box for our discussion at the end of this webinar. My name is Kathy Caudill. I'm a communication specialist with Quality Insights, and now I would like to introduce our guest today, Patty Austin. Patty is a quality improvement specialist at Quality Insights. She has been working in the skilled nursing arena for the past 29 years. After starting her career as a nursing assistant and leaving the front lines as director of nursing, the variety of perspectives that Patty has enables her to see the big picture that helps nursing facilities create lasting change within their communities. Patty has been with Quality Insights since 2016, and she considers it a privilege to be able to interact with so many different facilities on a variety of topics each day. Patty, welcome and thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Kathy, and hi, everybody. Thanks so much for joining me today. I got to tell you, I'm kind of excited for today because we get to talk about one of my absolute favorite things, and that is the QAPI process and incorporating that process into your facility's culture. As Kathy was saying, this is going to be a three-part series with each session focusing on its own overarching theme within the QAPI process. And because we're breaking this topic up into three sessions, depending on the questions at the end and what type of discussion we engage in, we may or may not take our entire 30 minutes. That being said, let's jump in and get started. So integrating the QAPI process has been a goal for many, many years now, and we've met that goal with varying levels of success. We know that to, in order to kind of fully integrate a new process into our culture, we have to do a couple of things first before that can happen. We can't really move forward without creating the expectation. And then we have to educate. And finally, we need to have buy-in for that new process. So part of our goal over the next several weeks is to introduce a new tool called Powtoons that's going to help you achieve just that setting the expectation, educating, and then finally creating that buy-in we're looking for. You know, it's interesting to note that I did not say create expectations, educate, and secure buy-in for your staff. That's because the techniques that we're going to begin to talk about today can be used by residents, families, stakeholders, as well as by your staff. Really, anyone with an interest in improving quality or finding solutions to problems can engage with these processes and more effectively arrive at sustainable solutions to issues, both big issues and small issues. During the next three weeks, we're gonna look at three vital concepts within that QAPI process. Brainstorming, root cause analysis, 
and plan do study act cycles. Today, we're gonna to start with brainstorming. But first, for those of you who are not familiar with the word Powtoon, they are short animated videos that convey a message in a very simple format. They're perfect to play in a break room or in your lobby. They work exceptionally well when they're played to introduce a topic at the beginning of a meeting. And they're also great to use as a mechanism to introduce a concept during those resident and family council meetings. So let's take a look at our first Paltoon designed to introduce brainstorming as part of the QAPI process. Kathy, can you play for us? Okay, I'm going to hit play. Meet the staff at Caring Hearts Nursing Home. Recently, Caring Hearts administrators identified that COVID-19 booster rates reported by the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services were unexpectedly low among residents. We need to do something about this. Let's use our tried and true QAPI process to improve these rates. QAPI stands for Quality Assurance and Performance Improvement. QAPI is an approach to maintaining and improving safety and quality in nursing homes while involving all nursing home caregivers in practical and creative problem solving. The QA, or Quality Assurance, in QAPI refers to the standards and process for assuring that care is maintained at acceptable levels. It is ongoing and identifies how an organization is performing, including where and why facility performance is at risk or has failed to meet standards. The PI, or performance improvement in QAPI, refers to the study of processes involved in healthcare delivery and resident quality of life. The intent of PI is to prevent or decrease the likelihood of problems by identifying areas of opportunity and testing new approaches to fix underlying causes of problems or barriers. First, we should begin with a brainstorming session. We want to make sure this is a free flow of ideas. Remember, no ideas are right or wrong. Would anyone like to volunteer to lead the brainstorming session? I'll happily be our recorder and take notes. I think this is a great idea, and I volunteered to lead the session. Perfect. Thank you, Sarah. Okay, let's get started. All right, before we get started, let's make sure we're all on the same page about our topic. For this brainstorming session, we'll be focusing on potential reasons why we have a low rate of COVID-19 boosters among our residents. Let's set some basic rules for the session so we all stay on track. I'll write a few to get us started. Rule one, everyone is allowed to contribute. Rule two, no one is allowed to insult, demean, or evaluate anyone else on his or her response. Rule three, no answer is wrong. Rule four, we will record each answer unless it's a repeat. And rule five, we will conclude our session in 30 minutes if we're not already finished by then.
During the brainstorming process, the leader will call on members of the group to share answers. The recorder should write down all responses if possible, so everyone can see them. We only pretend to offer the vaccine. We really don't have staff to give it. We have a lack of process for tracking due dates. Our residents are vaccine hesitant. Maybe someone left the door to the pharmacy open overnight and a thief stole all of the vaccines to sell on the black market. Now we can't get them because we can't afford black market prices. The supply chain is backed up. We experience NHSN reporting errors. We don't enter the data into NHSN accurately. Once the brainstorming is finished, staff can go through the results and begin evaluating responses. When examining responses, look for answers that are repeated or similar. Group similar concepts together. Eliminate responses that do not fit the topic. And discuss the remaining responses as a group after the list has been narrowed. Look for the biggest hole in the process, whether it's education, documentation, or form design, for example, and start there. Hmm, it's looking like data tracking or reporting might be a potential reason for our low rates. But why? Maybe we should do a root cause analysis. Now that you understand the first two steps in the process, you're all set to get started with your own Quapi project. When you're ready for next steps, view our second video in this series, which is focused on root cause analysis as part of the QAPI process. Thanks, Kathy. So having watched that, you can see that it's designed to be consumed in a very short amount of time. It has a very concise message. And it's developed to be easily understood regardless of the person viewing its medical knowledge base. So keeping the video in mind, let's highlight some of the key concepts behind effective brainstorming. First, brainstorming can be both structured and spontaneous. Structured brainstorming occurs when a group of people gather to problem solve on a known issue. While the process itself is serious in nature, it can also be a fun part of that bigger picture. It's an opportunity for everyone to become part of the problem solving process. The group that you gather should feel comfortable sharing every idea that comes to their mind without filtering out ideas that they think are not right. And I put that not right in air quotes to really focus in on the idea that the words right and wrong or good and bad really have no place in the brainstorming process. Sometimes it's the very thing that seems far-fetched and outlandish that leads to a solution to an issue. The other way to brainstorm is less formal, but can easily become part of your current process. Spontaneous brainstorming can happen anytime an issue is identified. And this can be a very effective part of a post-event review and as a precursor to the root cause analysis that is part of any post-event review. For example, let's say a fall occurs and the resident has been stabilized, the area is safe, 
Your team then gathers for a post-event debrief. After a, a review of the known facts as presented, a great way to take that next step forward might be to conduct a brainstorming session on why the team feels the event occurred. In this setting, the brainstorming session is of course going to be much shorter than the 30 minutes recommended in our Powtoon, and it will be less formalized, maybe just one or two minutes to kind of bring the team together into that problem-solving mindset. But it is important to call that section of your post-event review brainstorming and not just simply to ask people why. What your goal is, is to make the concept of brainstorming the actual trigger to tell people that we're not looking for the right answer at this point. We're looking for any possible answer. The responses should, in this circumstance, be recorded for a more thorough review by the appropriate team when you have more time available. But at that post-event review, it can serve to focus where you might want to begin your root cause analysis questioning. Next, brainstorming can be completed in a couple of different ways and each method does require a time limit to be placed on the session. Often, a maximum of 30 minutes is recommended, but that time is a recommendation, not a goal to get to. It's rather a suggested stop point. You may or may not need the entire time. Within that time limit, you could choose to give each person a specific amount of time as you move around the team. But remember, two minutes is actually a really long time by the clock to speak. Try to avoid allowing the session to stagnate with silence. If somebody runs out of ideas, go ahead and move on to the next person. But don't stop at one rotation. Often as ideas begin to flow, people will be triggered by something that someone else said and have additional input. Sometimes, depending on the topic and your team, it can be helpful to move around the room Red Robin style. And instead of giving everyone two minutes of time, everyone takes a turn putting one idea forth and then you move on to the next person. A person can always say pass if they don't have an idea when it's their turn. And there is no penalty. If you don't have anything that you wanna put forward, pass is, a, pass is a perfectly acceptable answer. Remember that it is important during this phase of the session that everybody is actively listening. Someone's suggestion can often trigger another team member to consider something differently and then bring new ideas to the table. The next thing to consider is how those ideas that are brought forward are going to be captured. The method that you choose should be something that can be easily seen by your team. Some of the methods that I've seen be successful are listing to whiteboards or poster boards typing on your computer and then projecting that document onto a video screen. I really like just the simple idea of listing on post-it notes and using post-it notes. Really, the method is up to you. It will be important to have something that's easily seen by the team so that you can categorize like items together and then remove same items from your brainstormed list. But how you do that is going to be dependent on your particular circumstances. Once all of those items are condensed and categorized, you can then prioritize what areas to focus on that will most likely result in a solution to your problem. Using a numerical prioritization system can be helpful in this situation. 
You might go around the room and ask each person to list their top three areas of focus in order, with the most important given, being given the number of three and the least important being given the number of one. Record those scores assigned to each area, and then when everyone's given their opinion, add the numbers up for each brainstormed area. That area that received the highest score would then become the area that you would move on to the root cause analysis process. The details of your process are yours to create, depending on what works well for your team. The keys to success are ensuring that you're not looking for the right answer, but every possible answer, not allowing ideas to be criticized either during or after the session, categorizing and prioritizing suggested areas, and making brainstorming an expectation, not an exception. And with that, I will turn it back over to Kathy to see if we have any questions. Okay, I got a question for you here, Patty. It says, we have tried brainstorming in the past and it has not worked for us. People either don't have an answer and pass or the same answer is repeated over and over. Do you have any tips? That is a great question and thank you for bringing it forward. And that type of session often happens when you're first beginning to introduce the concept to your team. And my opinion is, is that those kinds of meetings are, and the hesitation that you experience in those meetings is often fear-based. That can sometimes be the fear of being wrong or even just the fear of speaking publicly if you're not used to it. Fear is probably the biggest barrier that you're going to want to overcome, not only for the sake of brainstorming, but for team building purposes. You might want to begin by making sure that your leadership team understands that they're not looking for the right or wrong answers, but every possible answer, even some impossible answers. In the beginning, it can be helpful to have your team practice that concept in real time. So, if you think about it, who is the person on your team that everyone always looks to for answers? That person who's viewed as the problem solver. They're the perfect person to recruit to not always give the person perfect kind of tied up in a bow response. Encourage those that are typically relied on to give those perfect viable answers to take a step back and promote other voices coming to the forefront in those first few sessions. Also, until your team is kind of well-versed in the technique, it might be helpful if rather than doing spontaneous topics, you ask each person prior to the meeting to write down two areas that they might think, be, they might think of as good and, and valid answers, and then ask them to create one response that they know is not correct. That kind of gets the ball rolling with the expectation of hearing answers that are not going to be moved forward. And also, it makes people feel more comfortable in speaking things that seem far-fetched. That can be fun at first, and you may want to allow some of those crazy replies to generate a little bit of laughter. But as you move forward, change the game a little bit, and no matter how outlandish the reply the game becomes no laughing aloud. And then that progresses to watching facial expressions and body language. As you get more adept at the process, things like eye rolls or size can derail the process before you even get it off the ground. But a few meetings in which laughter and levity are the expectation 
could be very valuable. They might seem counterproductive at first, but really they're not. Your goal is to create a comfort zone and to reduce fear of ridicule. You know, if you allow a housekeeper to chuckle at the reply given by the administrator, that might be just what that person needs to feel comfortable giving her own chuckle-worthy reply right alongside of her genuine thoughts on the subject. Remember that the time you spend on purposely frivolous submissions is still going to be accompanied by viable replies. Your goal is to create an atmosphere in which no response is deemed unacceptable. But don't lose sight of the fact that words of others generate ideas. Even the most fantastic suggestions could result in unexpected rewards. Say you're brainstorming on the subject of why the linen cart is always empty before dinner, just when the CNAs need hand towels prior to passing those dinner trays. During her turn, maybe the RNAC throws out that she thinks the linen cart is always empty because the DON right after lunch grabs all of the towels so that she can use them as her blanket for her noon nap. That statement might then cause the nurse aide who's up next to consider what does happen between lunch and dinner and recognize that many residents are using linen for PM care. She then has the opportunity to add that solution to the list of possible causes. That's an example of the improbable leading to the probable. It's also an example, although simplistic, of when your problem solvers can take a step back and allow others to shine. That solution may have been simple for some on your team to identify and add to your list, but the reward of allowing someone else that success is gonna help the process grow and help kind of secure the buy-in for the process that you're looking for. I hope that helped a little bit. So if there aren't any other questions, I do have a challenge for you prior to next week's call that's going to focus on moving from brainstorming into root cause analysis. Sometime in the next week, give a formal brain session, brainstorming session a try. You don't have to have it last 30 minutes, but give it a try. Don't choose a big problem. Choose something light. Something like, why is the Dr. Pepper always sold out in the vending machine? Or even take it completely out of the nursing environment altogether. Something like, why do I always have to be the person to pick a restaurant when we go out to eat? Or why do my kids refuse to close the cereal box? Have fun with it, but do give it a try. And then we'll take a look at that when we reconvene to take a look at the most fun session, root cause analysis. And with that, I will turn it right back over to Kathy, and she will tell you how you can access those Paltoons for brainstorming at your facility. Thanks, Patty. The Paltoon we watched today can be found on the Quality Insights YouTube channel. For anyone watching a recorded version of this webinar later, I will include the link in the episode description. If you want to contact Patty directly, you can reach her at 1-800-642-8686 and enter extension 7633. You can also email her at paustin at qualityinsights.org. And you can check out our other interviews by visiting qualityinsights.org slash QIN slash multimedia. Patty, thank you for joining us today.